This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. To chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast, which focuses on playing Warhammer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, PD Pob, and today we are continuing our series of, or actually my series, our series. It's all of us. We we are one holistic competitive 40k community. Uh, we're continuing our index uh, coverage series. Um, today we're going to be talking about the Index Imperium One book. So for all you Space Marine lovers and haters. You know, if you if you hate Space Marines, this might be a good episode for you. You know, if you want to find out how with our weaknesses, know thy enemy. Uh, but what better guest to have on than the number one Space Marine player in the ITC last season, Thomas Hegstrom Oki? Hey, how you doing? Thanks, thanks for having me on. No problem. Now, you might have heard Thomas's last time he was on this podcast, where we talked about his preparation for the LVO. Uh, and ultimately, I'd say that that preparation succeeded uh, because you did become the best space marine player. You did win that award, Thomas. Oh, oh yeah, it was so. It was great. Yeah. Congratulations! I know you worked really hard on that. And how Thank have you. you been liking the new edition so far? Oh man, I I love it. I think it's I think it's uh, totally great. I mean, it's definitely. Uh, you mentioned pre. You you said it's in its infancy pre uh, recording, and I have to agree with that statement. It's definitely kind of the wild west right now yeah so a lot of fun like just anything goes kind of yeah so i i agree it is the wild west uh which is good i I think it's a a list builder's paradise right now um obviously you do see some spam lists you start seeing some net lists and those will prop up um but i don't know if i don't know if they'll dominate yet um we obviously we haven't had a huge major the bay area opens coming up and i think all of rise have to be on the bay area open to kind of you know, I guess the ATC. ATC is probably going to be another big one. Uh, middle of July, ATC, Bay Area Open. So come the end of July, we'll have a, a much better, you know, uh, showing of what the meta is going to look like. Um, but for now, we can only speculate and review the indexes, which is what we're here today to do. But first, before we do that, like we do every episode, from now on, we're going to talk about some tournament news. First and foremost, let's talk about uh, an event that happened this weekend. Auto's July 40k ITC event. Now, Auto's Games is a game store. They've got a good community. It's in Northern California. This is a really solid competitive 40k community. There's a lot of really great players there. Um, their events usually have, you know, 15, 20 people show up every day. And I think this event had 20 people show up. I think I've counted if I counted it right, which is which is great. So first, if you want to follow, good RTT. Oh yeah, 20 people is is phenomenal for for just like a random. Let's have one for this month. 
Um, so it, it, they're actually, especially with, you know, so many competitive players that, that players that, you know, attend tournaments regularly, players like Ben Nelson, Lang Nelson, Tim Mote, you know, Anthony Adele, Vince Weibert, um, you know, a lot of regular tournament goers that you see constantly in, in you know, in the competitive 40k Facebook page talking about the game, um, you know, you'll get something that, that you'll see in the future, you know, those maybe, you know, flashes in the pan or maybe like legitimate lists, um, but you should get some really competitive stuff as opposed to, you know, like Joe Schmo's RTT with four people where like, you know, Mandrake's won first place or whatever. Right. <laughs> well, Man- Mandrake seem all right. They're, they seem <laughs> right. to be. They have a place, right? But, but you know, c- certainly not seventh edition Mandrakes no, kind no. of thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But but that was that. Was, that you guys understand what I mean. There are places when you have a larger population. It's just like with college, like division with division one and division two schools. When you have a larger population of people in a community, you're you're going to have more competitive competition in the community. You're going to have better lists, better players. Um, it's just because of, you know, diversity and math, you know, et cetera. Science. Science. Okay. So the winning list. There were actually three lists that went undefeated. Um, we're going to talk about all of them. Uh, the first one is a Colt Mechanicus list, which is kind of cool. Uh, I know you attended the Boise Cup GT, and we talked about that last Did. episode. Um, and that was the winning list there was actually, I think, the only undefeated list. That was the Storm Ravens Blood Angels list. It was, um, yes. With some interceptors and some good stuff. Anyways, uh, this one had two Tech Priest Dominuses and a Spearhead Detachment, which is kind of strange because uh, he has two troop choices, so he maybe could have found some points for a third troop choice for two extra command points. Um, Bumped it to that battalion. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so he had two HQ choices, two troop choices, some a bunch of Catafron Destroyers, uh, one, two, three, four, five Catafron Destroyers, a unit of Skatari Rangers, um, a whole bunch of... What did he have on the catafrons? Oh, grab. Heavy grab cannons. The grab. Okay, cool. That's kind of what I was thinking and looked at it. Yeah. You know, you look at the stats, that seems to be the, the go-to choice. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just... They're they're, re- they're still a really good fire-based unit. Um, I'm not sold on their durability, especially in this edition, uh, where I, I don't know if shooting... It, it's not that shooting is more prevalent and stronger in this edition. It's just, I feel like more armies have access to more quality shooting than in the previous edition, where you had some armies who just flat out couldn't shoot, like Tyranids, Orcs, Tyranids and Orcs, um, versus you know mm-hmm. armies that could shoot you off the table in Eldar and Tau. Um, in this edition, I even see like Orcs shooting is actually a little bit stronger now than it was last edition. Um, it does. It does. You're right. I think that you've got the right idea there. It does feel like kind of everybody. It's not that the the. It's not that. Eighth edition has is more skewed towards shooting because I would say that it's actually more balanced towards both working. There's you know certainly plenty more salt armies or salt units that you could that you can right. use there. But I would say that you're you're right. You're hitting that right on the on the nose with that. They're just everybody can do it. Right. And, and it's, so every every time you go to the table, you're going to face something that has some good shooting. Yeah, and, and it, I think it's a standardized AP value. So instead of uh, previously before, like an AP five gun or an AP four gun was practically worthless in a lot of the meta, you know, because it wouldn't, it didn't, mm-hmm. AP four didn't matter to vehicles, uh, AP four didn't matter to most things had a three up save or a four up cover save. So it, AP four really didn't matter a whole lot. But now AP four is minus one to your save, and I think AP four is probably one of, if not the most common AP values in 7th edition. So moving it over to 8th edition, that minus one to your save is actually huge um, when you start applying it to all those weapons. 
Uh, so oh, it hurt. It hurts. It hurts yeah. a lot. It's, you know, even 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 Space Marines, which you know, where the the balance used to be that it was like, hey, I've got fewer models, but I've got this good armor save. That minus one still that's that's really hurt. That's that really hurts a lot. Yeah, yeah, and essentially minus one is ignores cover. If you look, because covers plus one, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. minus one is when you really start looking at weapons and go like, oh, this is actually really good. Um, so, anyways, so Catafron destroyers, uh, I'm not sold on their durability, but obviously they worked out for Ben. So Suck it, Pablo. Uh, Sicarian Infiltrators, there's a whole bunch of them. They have Stub Carbines and Power Swords. Um, so that's just, I think the Stub Carbine is, no, that's the Flechette. I think the Stub Carbine is just what they come with. That These guys are pretty sounds cool. right. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the the uh, big new Castellan Hotness, uh, Castellan Robots. Oh, those thing. things are oh gross, dude. So they're, they're, they, they put out an insane amount of shooting. They're really durable. Um, their their reflector shields I think do mortal wounds on a five up, uh, which is mm-hmm. which can be really devastating, um, especially if you're like something like a knight army, um, where sh- you you put a lot of shots and mortal wounds like really hurt you because you rely on your toughness and your saves to kind of protect you, um, and then three units of Onagor Dune crawlers, and it looks like and a plasma obliterator fortification. <laughs> All right. Interesting. So, obviously, a really shooty cult mechanics army. I think I think what he did was he just relied on a firebase um, in the form of the Catafron, the Castellans, and the Onager Dune Crawlers, which is a really tough, durable firebase. Uh, a little slow, um, but he did bring the Infiltrators, uh, and then of course the Plasma Obliterator adds to the tough firebase. Well, and I, I mean, honestly, uh, having played in, in Boise, my first round was against a, a, mecha- a cult bad mech list. Um, and I would say that, you know, if you look, you, you, you look, you're talking about the Castellans, you're talking about the, the amount of firepower that those um, destroyers can put out, the Catfron destroyers and stuff. That's, that's, I mean, and then, and then you have your, you know, your Rust Stalkers to get in there and, and mix it up in close combat. That sounds like a really solid list. I think my only critique would be is I'm surprised that you don't see, um, and maybe this is just because I'm, spa- I'm, I think, in terms of Space Marines, but uh, you didn't, he didn't bring Call. Which is the the part that's surprising to me because I mean that reroll bubble it's just so powerful. So that I mean, if I were to critique his list at all, you know that that would be like I'm just surprised by that. But then again, he went three and zero, so suck it, Thomas. What do I know? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I do agree. I think Call's cheaper. He he's not cheaper, but he's he's not bad considering that everything kind of got a point bump or a lot of things got a point bump. Um, not everything. Some things obviously got a little cheaper. Um, but I think Call is actually really good for his points cost. He's, he's hovering around the 250, 200 range, um, which isn't bad. Uh, he has, you know, he has okay shooting, but the buff is huge, uh, especially for an army that needs it, like Colt Mechanicus. Mm-hmm. Anyways, on to the next list. This is actually Tim Mote, who uh, tied Ben Nelson for first place. Um, Tim Mote had a Space Wolves list, which is really cool. It's actually more of an Imperial Soup list. Um, it's not really a true Space Wolf list. <laughs> Uh, but he had enough Space Wolves to really... I think you could probably get away with calling it a Space Wolf list. Uh, so first off, okay. he brought a Battalion Detachment with Aryak Rockfist. Um, I guess a butt kicker. Yeah, he's just he's just a, a beat stick HQ choice. Um, he got better. He got he got way better this edition. Or... Yeah, I don't know. He's 220 points. 222 points? No, I'm sorry. He's 140 points. I was, I was doing that wrong. 
Um, so yeah, that's actually really good. So yeah, there you go. 140 points. It's solid. Um, then he brought up Rune Priest um, because Space Wolves have the access to the best mechanic in the game. One of the best mechanics in the game, um, which is minus one to hit to your opponents to hit rolls uh, in the form of the Rune Priest and the Tempest spell, some sort of Tempest spell. But basically, uh, one unit, they get a minus one to hit. Your opponent's units have minus one to hit it in the shooting phase. Um, which is pretty incredible. Huge. It's crazy. If you stuck that on, you stick that on any space wolf, thunder wolves, you know, blood claws, whatever you want, just shove those in your opponent's face. Uh, they're going to instantly become more durable. It's crazy. All right. And then he had, of course, speaking of blood claws, he had uh, one unit of blood claws, unit of gray hunters, which uh, Reese actually found out. We're recording this on Monday, uh, the 3rd of July, so right before the 4th of July. Uh, if you watched that stream, it was Jason versus. Reese, the Raw Doggers, Grey Knights versus Space Wolves, um, and Reese has just got off, or just stopped talking to me about an hour ago about how Grey Hunters are the shit, and they're amazing. And they're actually not bad. Um, he was talking about some good loadouts with, like, Plasma Pistols, Combi Plasma, Plasma Guns, um, and then they have, like, two attacks with their Chainsword, and they have, of course... Yeah, they remembered to bring their Butter Knife. <laughs> yeah. They, That's they always actually... made them good. It's always made them good. Yes. So, they, and now that Chainswords are a little better... Grey Hunters are obviously a better. Um, and then, yeah, it looks like looks like it looks like Tim thought along the same lines here. He actually has a plasma pistol, plasma gun, two plasma guns, and a that's it. Just plasma pistol and two plasma guns. Simple power sword, good stuff. Simple Grey Hunter squad, two of them, uh, and then a unit of murder fangs, which I don't actually know what murder fangs do. I guess we'll cover them when we talk about space wolves. Murder, a, a, mur, a murder fang, like murder fang, because that's the name's Dreadnought. Oh, then murder fang, the name's Dreadnought. So, so he brought murder fang, uh, yeah. Dreadnought, looks like he's just a beat stick with the murder claws, which you can reroll failed wound rolls, so that's that's strong. That thing, yeah. Yeah, strength twin rerolling failed wound rolls is, is good enough to kill mostly anything in the game. Um, Wolfguard Terminators, Wolfin. A rhino, another rhino, another rhino, um, and then a, another an astro militarum, an astro militarum battalion to get to put them up to nine command points. Um, and I think a lot of people should do this. A lot of Imperium players should bring like if you can, if you have conscripts and a Lord Commissar and a Company Commander. I think that's probably something you should do for the just not only for those extra three command points, um, but just just because they're good. Uh, so he brought a Company Commander, a Lord Commissar, and a battalion detachment. Um, and then instead of or conscripts, he brought infantry squads. With... For extra heavy weapons? No, no extra heavy weapons. These are just dudes. Um, they're 40 points each for an infantry squad. He brought three of them. Uh, and then some ratlings. <laughs> the ratlings doing work. And that's the list. Hey, man, for the first for the first time in a, in maybe ever, I'm, I think that those ratlings are they're pretty useful. You know, they're... One of the few units that has, or maybe maybe the only unit. I don't know if I can think of another one off the top of my head that basically has a move shoot move mechanic. Which I mean, if you're the only one in the game, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. The rattlings are they're good. They're cheap. Um, I, I think you need more than just one squad for them to do anything really. Uh, but they're not bad. Um, I think I think I'm. Not sold on them yet. I'm not sold on snipers yet, though this edition. Uh, but you know, well, in, in general, are. I tend to agree with you. I just think that it's 
you know, I mean, if, if you're like looking for some sort of true cheap choice that maybe does does do a dance some damage every once in a while or something like that, that's a great unit, a great investment, especially in terms of, hey, it's something that you let's say that you have like we were talking about the first list, the cult mechanicus mechanicus list, which is a little bit slower. You know, if you need to have some I need to be on their side of the table because every mission right now, standard standard eternal war missions are every one of them has line breaker. Well, those rattlings can appear. They have line breaker. And then they uh, can shoot and then get back behind some cover. So, like, that's pretty that's pretty powerful. Yeah, that's really strong. And and if they kill... That's uh, really strong for cheap. Yes, yeah. If, and if they kill one HQ choice throughout the whole game, that they, they're worth it right there. Um, and they have the tools to do it. So, you're right. Um, and then finally, the last undefeated list was a Chaos Demon list. Uh, a list I think you're going to see a lot of um, until until some of the Forge World stuff gets nerfed or some of the Forge World stuff gets banned. Uh, because I know TOs are already looking into banning certain units, uh, like the one in this list. So this gentleman brought a Herald of Nurgle, a Herald of Zinch on a disc, uh, Brimstone Horrors, one, two... Oh, they're Blue Horrors, actually. Well, he didn't bring Brimstones. Oh, yeah, he did. He brought one Blue Horror and Brimstone. I'm wrong. Sorry, he, he wrote out his... <laughs> one, guy, one guy to shoot, right? Right, one one Blue Horror to shoot. <laughs> um, but he, he wrote out his list, so a little bit a little bit handwriting, reading. Uh, plague bears. Looks like 15 plague bears. Uh, an exalted flamer, regular flamers, uh, and then a renegade knight with an iron storm missile pod, and a rapid fire battling cannon and an avenger gatling gun. Uh, yep. So basically, yep. knight crusader, renegade knight, uh, and then optons kabakiris, the zinch chicken. The Zinch Greater yes, Game the, the the Abu Zabu Zabu Doo Boo Yeah, Abu Abu Dabba Da Dabba Doo. Yeah, Abu Dabba Doo. I like that Abu Dabba Doo. He is Abu Dabba Doo. Ridiculous, I know. So so that's he's it. That's so the, powerful. Oh my gosh! So you actually you played against him, right? I did. I didn't. I I I just TO'd the event, but oh, I um, see. I ran a I, I ran an RTT last weekend, and the winning list he went three and zero. Was uh, a, a demon list using that guy and using um, Magnus, and then also using the oh. Slanesh guy as well. The um, Slanesh greater demon. Yeah, and and that I mean, good player, great movement. Um, I I mean, I even had picked missions that I felt like were kind of hey, let's take a look and see if um, if mission wise, you know, if the mission if if, if kind of cherry picking your eternal war missions made a difference. Um, so I ran the, the first mission I ran was no mercy. And then the second one was the scouring. And then the third one was the relic. Nice. And I even had, uh, I made sure that there was a building like an enclosed building, um, in the middle of each table. So there was no way that those guys could directly influence the relic because they can't walk through walls. Um, and it didn't matter. Made no difference whatsoever. All right, so why um, don't you talk about um, some of the Duke's games while I go get the Chaos Forge World Index? That sounds great. Yeah, so um, he he played against probably I mean he played against the Space Wolf, a really nasty uh, close combat Space Wolf and um, Black Templar list in his first round, um, and just laid waste to that. Um, and then his second round, um, the player was named Nick Winker, by the way, and he um, just moved into our area from. Uh, from the Houston area, so he's kind of a local player, a, a local player now, but just transferred, and so um, stretching his wings and lay, laying waste, as it were, 
Um, his second round, he played against um, a Yanari list that was spamming uh, Guardians. And the Yanari spam list is really, really strong, I think. Um, uh, I was glad to see when the fact dropped that they are kind of two things. One, they said, okay, hey, at the very least, all the, the whole detachment has to be Yanari. Like, I think that that's a healthy thing to do for the power that Yanari causes and also, also the confusion that it can cause, considering the units could be basically whatever you want, uh, keyword-wise. And then um, uh, and then also the other thing in the fact that they did was they made it so that the Serpent Shield has to be in the shooting phase, which I think was a, a healthy decision. Um, but he ended up beating that list as well. And then in his third game, he played against... Um, some space marines with a flyer spam space marine list and devastators and stuff um that was really i, I think a decently a decent good list and all of his opponents were really good players um but he just i mean there just wasn't even really any question like he never walked he never lost his giant zinch uh, uh, you know abu whatever we're gonna call the dude <laughs> weird name guy um, he never lost that guy. His second game, um, he lost both Magnus and the and the um, Slanesh guy, the Slanesh demon demon guy. But other, I mean, I think other than that, they, none of his big three got taken down. Um, just the resiliency, and I mean, it's it's funny to say, hey, what a crazy resilient unit we're talking about, um, considering that we just came out of seventh edition where you played against unkillable Death Stars. But this this guy, I mean, even at 700 points, that guy is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. You know, a three pl- a three plus invulnerable save with 26 wounds, um, and then, I mean, he can shoot it. He can always shoot his, his shooting attack. It's got a like 48 inch range, I think. Um, the guy the, the guy range. flies. <laughs> 60 inch range. There you go. Has the guy the guy flies. Um, it's 2d6 strength nine AP minus four three wounds per per attack, you know, and then I kind of like, you know, was obviously watching all the different tables, but when he would roll poorly, like he'd kind of eat, like that was one of his major shooting, like his list was basically all that. So he would kind of just like save his, his die roll during the shooting phase for that die roll to see how many hits he was getting. So he'd be like, Oh, you know, one time he was like, okay, I rolled a four. That's all right. I'll go ahead and take a reroll, reroll this one into something else, you know, so that he was always kind of like getting a, a good number of hits. And then, you know, at minus four, Strength nine, you're either blowing up, like you're either just going to do enough wounds to blow up, you know, a rhino or something like that, or you could just annihilate a unit of, of a unit of guys, you know, even, you know, at negative four, you're getting in cover, like a three up armor save guy is getting a six up save. So right. pretty much you're just taking a unit out of turn. You're just like, okay, that unit's just going to be gone. And then between that and then the other, and then the fact that you have three psychers during the psychic phase that all can cast smite you know and they all have their own abilities that they can cast and can cast three abilities apiece. i mean he was doing a lot of work and then also being able to go into close combat and still mix it up oh um and then and get out of close combat with with two of the three and the slanesh one's the one that you want to be in combat with the least because it's got a high number of attacks and then one of the attack profiles on that slanesh the greater demon slanesh is uh that any to wound roll of a four plus is a mortal wound not a regular wound so you're like, oh, I see that you brought storm shields and you have this really resilient unit of whatever with an invulnerable save. Well, I don't care. You're just going to take mortal wounds and die anyway. Right. So, so I have the book here with me. Um, and yeah. there's Zarak Enel, who is the Slanesh one, who's only power mm-hmm. level 23, by the way. Um, T8, 20 wounds. Not, not as big a deal. 
No, no, but he he actually does three mortal wounds on a four plus. There you go, time. three so, mortal wounds. So you have six attacks, hitting on twos, obviously. Uh, strength eight, rend four, and then on a four plus they do three mortal wounds. The reason why that's huge is because mortal wounds spill over into other models. So if you do three mortal wounds to a unit versus three damage, you, that's the difference between killing one space marine and killing three. Uh, and then, and then of course, he has a, a weaker strength seven weapon that's AP four um, on a roll of a six, uh, but it does D6 damage, so it does a little more damage. Um, and then he adds one to save rules for him against melee attacks. So he's a three-up invuln in... Yeah, he's a three-up invuln in close combat. Uh, and mm -hmm. then he has a leadership debuff at minus two. Um, so all enemy units within six inches, which is, which is good, but that's not like... That's not anything to write home about, but he's he's relatively cheap, right? So if you you are well, yeah yeah like four hundred points, yeah. but that de that debuff that starts to actually matter if you're if you're if you're there kind of mixing it up with some of these other guys and you're like okay well I I I did I did smite so I did some damage here I did the shooting did this shooting attack I pulled a couple models off there I charged you know a couple of different units so all of a sudden units that are hanging out around this guy you've planked one or two away from each of those guys and then you have a minus two bubble all of a sudden you're going to start killing more models just right. you know it, where a regular leadership mechanic you're like oh no big deal a space marine unit loses one or two guys they don't have to test basically they're fine but then all of a sudden you lose four you know you've lost a, two guys at a negative two leadership that really starts to make a difference yeah it's that's absolutely crazy and then abba dabba do the hell chicken um has the three pin one like you said uh yeah 2d6 strength nine ap4 three damage shots at 60 inch range also his smite is a 48 inch range smite for um, you know because why not yeah you know why not um and then of course like you said all three all three large demons uh can they can all move really far abu dabadu moves 20 inches you know so you, you can get in yeah. there and, and attack with your uh strength eight ren three d6 damage uh, rolls on a six to wounds, do D three mortal wounds in addition to the regular damage. Warp fire talons, um, mm -hmm. or you can just attack with your sixteen damage or your sixteen strength. Rend four six damage attack. Well, it's six damage when resolved against a vehicle, building, or monster. So this is your night killer. Um, so you just put six attacks that are wounding a knight or hitting on a on a two, wounding it on a two, effectively ignoring its save um, that do six damage. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's pretty. That's pretty. It's pretty pretty powerful. That, I mean, yeah. some of the other things that I've noticed about it that I thought were like, wow, this is super crazy, is that that guy gets to, uh, yeah. I mean, you can't you just be like, okay, I'm gonna like lock him in somehow because he's fly. He can just fly away and still shoot. And there's not very many things in the game that like he wouldn't be totally comfortable being in close combat with, and he can still cast his psychic powers. Yes. He can still smite the unities in combat with. Yep. And he also gets to shoot a shooting attack out of close combat. Yep, it's, it's so he, silly. He's he's almost better in close combat because then you can't shoot at him. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. So that's crazy. Um, <laughs> I I think I think a model the the slash demon maybe not maybe not so much because you know it's it's only T eight with twenty wounds and a four up in bone. So which is essentially a little tougher than Magnus um, and slightly cheaper than Magnus, but um, it doesn't really have the range that Magnus does. Uh, 
it always swings first it doesn't combat it's really it's really good i'm not it doesn't it doesn't move yeah it's very powerful but i don't it's um, there's there's i mean i I would think that most people would say hey magnus is very powerful right this guy is very powerful but neither of them are you know you know yeah yippee kaye guy over there right you know the zinch dude that's just like ridiculous yeah oh yeah no he's he's almost worth he's two mag he's 700 points so he's almost worth two magnuses or or two of the demon not quite uh but he's just he's just his shooting attack kills things his clo- he moves 20 20 inches 20 and 20 uh 28 wounds sorry not 27 28 wounds I'm I'm interested to see you know and this was kind of something like I said off I, I said off of uh, off record with you um, you know I'm kind of like let's you, you guys brought up in a podcast saying hey you know community what do you guys want to see for these big events right and obviously the ATCs first off um, I don't think we're going to see a clear meta in the ATC because it's a t- team tournament where you never saw a clear meta because it was like all you you were you're forced by the the, the format to bring separate di- different lists yes. and even different even lists that do different things. Yes. Um, and they also have their own specific missions, I assume. So uh, I think that we really like the argument to say that the B- the BAO being the first large of really large over 100 people. Under over 100 person event of eighth edition in a competitive format will kind of give us a an idea of what the, where the meta is at and and or you know what at least a, a kind of a primer meta. Right. Um. I think that, that that's a true statement. One. Um. But you guys mentioned in your podcast that you were talking about. Hey, community, do you want to go to di- different uh, different kinds of missions or or whatnot? And um, and maybe it should just be. Hey, this, we're gonna just let this tournament kind of be a let the Wookie win tournament where <laughs> we, you just you just throw it out you, like you throw it out there and just let it be. And if it and if it let the community see that you know unfettered Eighth Edition is has has some problems and that there's nothing wrong with uh, a for, with format tournament formats kind of limiting some of the worst abuses. Like I mean, we're better, we're way better than than seventh edition, but hey, there's still a few things that could use a little bit of curtailing. Right. Um. And and that's that's an interesting thought uh, because for you know because obviously I'm, I'm I work for Frontline. I'm you know I'm a part of the BAO. I'm, I'm a part of the like the TO team here. Um. I think I think that the Wild West is is good. Um. For showing the community you know, one, how the 8th edition plays. Um, but, like, I, I, th- I, I, I want to encourage every TO to, to do it differently. Like, I don't want... Every, I want... So I'm already talking to the Midwest GT, the Midwest TO GTs. For those of you who don't know, I talk about them regularly on this show. Um, the Midwest D- GTs, the Midwest Circuit, TO Tournament Circuit, uh, the Iron Halo GT, Midwest Conquest, Renegade Open... Um, monkey flying monkey etc etc those tournaments are all really big and those tos all get together and regularly brainstorm um and you know like i they am them they do their own thing and then adepticon does their own thing nova does their own thing atc does their own thing etc does their own thing obviously the itc does their own thing if everyone does their own thing i feel like we we can kind of find the best possible way to run the game um, so Wild West, so everyone, you know, Wild West, ITC, ATC rule, whatever rules you want, um, play the game however you want to, while we still can, um, you know, get all the learning out, get all those growing pains out, 
uh, and then come LVO time, come Nova time, even if if we can get it early that you know that early, uh, we can have like a truly fleshed out game that we all love and appreciate. Um, just you know, yeah, we're, we're players get to play. Players can play competitively. There's a wide range of things. It's not it's not stale right. like seventh edition was at the end, where it was like pretty clear. Okay, these are the lists you're most like. If I say to you, Pablo, in seventh edition, I'm playing Space Marines. Your answer to me is you're battle playing company. one of two or three lists. Right. 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 Playing a battle company. Maybe you're playing a battle company with a sky hammer. You know, you're 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 basically it's the same things, right? Yes. Um. So to avoid, you know, I'm really hopeful and so far really happy with the idea that eighth edition is, uh, you know, like you said, a list building, a list builder's paradise, and there's all these different options. The you know the the fear, of course, there, there's it's it's the same it's the same fear, and people are looking at it from you know the two sides of the coin. On the one side, they're like, hey, well, if you limit stuff, that just changes the meta and makes it so that people you know, can't play with what they want to play. Let's just play Games Workshop, you know. And then the other side of the coin is, well, hey, if we just play Games Workshop, then then what you're going to see is this these very abusive lists repeated over and over, you know, the abusive net listing repeated over and over and over again, that in the, which which is, in my opinion, what killed, what, what, what made 5th edition tournaments stale and what killed tournament attendance in 6th edition uh, because we you know, the, the TOs didn't say, okay, let's, let's limit some of these abusive things. And so you kept seeing the same things. And so tournaments, tournament attendance declined. Um, whereas I think you can, you can make a fair argument, especially like, I think you're, uh, you guys, the frontline, I should say us, cause I work frontline too. <laughs> um, but the, you can, you can, you can look at tournament attendance, um, over the last you know, year and a half, two years, and you know, even more so now with the hype of eighth edition, that we're getting bigger, and and that the majority of attendees, tournament attendees, are fine with at least some uh, format wow. that limits that limits some of the most abusive things. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, and and I think I think seventh edition. The, the example I go to um, when I'm talking to people about this specific subject is uh, Warhammer 40k's own. Um, I forgot, I forgot the last big tournament that they just had, uh, the Warhammer World one, the Warhammer yes. Fest one. Um, what was it called? Uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember yeah. what it's called. The, the 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 large tournament they had a Warhammer Throne Fest. Throne of something. It was I think it was Throne of Skulls. I don't know. Anyways, the the Warhammer Fest tournament was uncomped seventh edition, uh, str- straight out of the rules, um, just pure play whatever you want. Uh, they essentially said you know. Just make sure you're running GW models and your armies are fully painted. Uh, and they had a higher painting standard than we had in the ITC at the time. Um, and you know, people brought hideous, gross things, right? Like, just like ter- the terrible, awful. Yeah. Make, like, oh my gosh. Just like three. You get paired. Nights. You get paired against this guy. Right. And you're gonna spend the next two and a half hours having a bad time. Yeah, it, it was so funny because I yeah. I didn't actually expect that. I I thought when I talked to Reese and Frankie because they obviously they went they had a blast. Um, I expected people to because it was GW right like oh this is this mm-hmm. is a GW tournament. There's no way people are gonna bring that. Um, but th- you know this is like Britain, ETC. You know, yeah. <laughs> really, some, really some of the crazy. most hideous lists I've ever right. heard of are so, ETC lists. Yeah, um, uh, but but yeah, you know, this is like ETC country, right? So th- this is Eldar Central, uh, Psychic Power Central, Chaos Demon, two up rerollable Central, um, and, and you know, people abused it, and more people abused it than I thought 
were that was going to happen. Obviously, the winning ghost is like Wraith Knight had Wraith Knights in it, plural. Um, but it, whether you agree or disagree with comp and uncomp 40k, um, I don't really care um, because all of you are right. All of the right now eighth edition, it's it's growing. We need to figure out what format best works for us. Um, and even GW knows that. GW, you know, they just released FAQ. They are watching us. I, I do know that people in GW listen to this podcast in particular. And if that scares you, I'm sorry. I try to be as neutral as I can. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, pr- I think you're neutral. I appreciate you. Maybe <laughs> I'm not unbiased, but I think that I, 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 try. I say that you, you, tr- you try to be you try to be fair, you know? Right. Um, but. Uh, you know, GW listens to this podcast. They, you know, they have an eye on. They watch mini wargaming, right? They they watch like the Long War. They they watch like, uh, you know, the Nova the Nova results. Though you know, they watched Adepticon. They watched the LVO. Obviously, they were there. The, you know, they're there and they're they're watching people play and interact. Um, so you know, when like some Joe Schmo goes to the Las Vegas Open and he gets crushed by Death Stars, right? And he you know he goes up to Rob from Warhammer TV and he's like, man, Death Stars really suck. Like Rob hears that and you know, he he has coworkers that can do something about that. You know, so just just remember well, that Well, and, and not only that, but they're they're trying. And they're, they're trying. They're, they're, yes. They're trying. And they're they trying, care. which is great. You know, old GW would be like, "Oh, was he using official GW models?" Yes. Carry on then. Um, you know, new GW they, they care. The so 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 guys, uh, basically long story short, um there's going to be different tournament formats. The ITC is going to do their own thing. Nova's going to do their own thing. Adepticon's going to do their own thing. Luckily, all all of you know the American and and of course uh, the European. The um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting the organization. The the guys that GW brought in from Britain and Europe, uh, not ETC, but the the other guys, the guys who run the London GT. Um, you know, the, we're all on, they're all on the same page. All of us, all the TOs. You know, we're all working hard. Uh, Basically, the playtesting group uh, that GW mentioned. That with, this is the first time we, in a very long time that I've known that you know large TOs are all working together and have a common goal. Um, and know you know like Forge World, they recognize that Forge World things are really really strong. Uh, Tom and I were talking about it. We're going to have a Forge World episode, I promise. Um, we're going to talk about some of the ridiculous things that I've seen. Not even the typos and, and the the silly misses mistakes. Those those I think are more forgivable than than some of the really disgusting things I've seen come out of Forge World. Um, and I know Forge World. I know Forge World is known for having cooler, unique rules. You know, like you, you go to an index and a, a chaos codex or a codex and go like, okay, this is, this is not vanilla, but this is standard. This is what I expect. And you go to forge world for like the really crazy stuff. Right. Um, so I, I get that forge world will always have that kind of, you know, twist to it. The, the, the kind of cool, unique rules, things you're not going to see very often because they can do that because they have the cool models that are supposed to be better and more elite and just different and feel special. Um, but th- there's, there's a certain art to rules creating and rules writing. As a matter of fact, it is so much of an art that people build their entire careers and their entire lives off of game design um, and rules writing, rules interpreting. And um, a lot of the rules, I think, have been kind of lost on that, lost in that forge world art. So we're going to have that conversation. I, yeah, this is this is the comparison that I've made a couple of times when people have talked to me about it in the last couple of weeks. Um, it's, as if, it's as if Games Workshop were a movie studio Right. And they were making, and their, and their main studio is making this movie, and they've got. I used Pixar as the example, so Pixar is <laughs> making the next 
the next Pixar movie and you're excited and you're looking forward to seeing it and it's going to be great. And everybody's worked real hard on it. And, uh, and then there's another, there's like a sub studio that's part of the, the whole company and they get to add 30 minutes to the movie. Uh-oh. But no, the main studio has no control over what's the content of this 30 minutes. And so rather than this, this, this story that you fall in love with, this great movie, it's just there's just this extra 30 minutes that are put in there and, and you don't know. You, you're like, oh, crap. Okay, Christopher Nolan. What are they doing to us? Christopher Nolan, it, you get to revive the Batman DC franchise, Christopher Nolan. You're the man. You're the boy. But – Michael Bay has to do 30 minutes of your movie. Exactly. It's exactly that. That is, that is what, that is what Forge world does to competitive 40 K. Right. Now that that might be a little harsh um, because I'm not a big Michael Bay fan. I'm I'm not saying that it's negative because you know what? I'll go watch Armageddon right now. I love that show. Gets me every time. I, I choke up. I choke up every time when, when uh, they, they, uh, what's his name has to set the bomb off. Right, Bruce like, Willis. Bruce Willis has to set that bomb off. He has to save his. He has to save Liv Tyler. He's got to save her. He's got to save the world. And I'm just like, yes, Michael Bay. I will go watch your next Transformers movie. I know it's going to be terrible, <laughs> you know. And that's and that's what everybody is saying. Like, hey, I love that Forge World model. It looks awesome. And I look at those rules and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play Lias Isidon in a list because I love that. You know, right. yeah, I'm, I'm going to play with these cool characters that I care about and. This awesome, sick model. Right, but, eh, but then you, ask, you gotta Oscar. ask yourself the question. <laughs> right, you gotta ask yourself the question: Is that healthy for the tournament community? Right, and that's you know it does does the middle fifty percent of your tournament because the top and you've mentioned this before on your on your podcast the top ten to twenty percent are going to adjust no matter what mm-hmm. they're going to just do what they're going to do. It's true. But then then you have your fifty percent which is your meat and potatoes of your tournament. These are the guys that are that are that are paying the same money that the top 20% guys are are paying, but they're the ones who are are making it so that your tournament can run. They're making it so that 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 you have a community. And those guys are the ones that are getting abused by a, a by a lack of regulation on some of these on some of these Michael Bay explosions. Right. So so basically after that I think epic tangent um Sorry Basically, about that. no, no problem. It was great. Long story short, uh, you have TOs that are working together that that are pointing out specific problems in the eighth edition game and fixing them. And they're like, you know, they're, they're not they're not everywhere. They're, they're you know they're not arguing about rules interpretations like, oh, I believe warp spiders should jump infinitely. Well, I think they should only jump once. And th- there's none of that. Like they're they're all on the same page. Now they might be going about fixing those problems differently. Um, we'll we'll wait and see. Obviously, we we haven't heard a whole lot there's rumblings there's you know talking to mike brant mike brant's on facebook regularly uh the adepticon tos they just had an event so you know they they can relax for a little bit um uh, and then obviously itc is starting to do their own thing um but all those tos are all on the same page uh and then just from the the my talks with reese and frankie um and what i'm seeing from mike brant on and on facebook uh the guy who runs the nova the nova event really great event um they all seem to be on the same page uh they're all thinking along the same lines that's great great. to hear those those are that's a a good thing this is this is good for the community it's good it'll be better more events that are 
right. that are bigger and that are better and that are more exciting. Yes, and what that means for you guys as tournament people, people who go to tournaments and spend your hard-earned money and paint your models and play 40k competitively and enjoy this game that we all love, what this means for you guys is you might go to one event um, and you won't expect to see three Wraith Knights at one event and then go to another event and only see one Wraith Knight allowed, right? Or limited Lords of War. Um, or, or you might see like one rules interpretation here where a model gets to jump infinite amounts of times um, and then another interpretation where it's not. Like everything's going to be standardized. Uh, the game will be standardized, uh, which is which is good. And then of course you'll still have different missions, um, possibly, although I, my dream is to have a, a mission, standardized mission format that GW eventually adopts. That would be amazing, um, but that might not happen. That would be pretty okay. incredible. Right, right. It, but it would have to be like, the, the mission format they adopt would have to be like, one that everyone is okay with, which is, you know, which is, I, as I've, I don't know if I've talked about my, my 40k Jesus theory, um, on this, uh, in, in tournaments, uh, or on the podcast, I don't think we have time for it, but essentially we need like a 40k Jesus to unite all, all of everyone, like mini wargaming, ITC, GW, everyone. We need a 40k Jesus to rise up and, you know, take us to the promised land, which is like esports like uh, the next listen level. listen the, the, this I, i'm not gonna lie to you i like i like i like your your jesus theory but just you saying that bit that that all these tos are kind of that all these tos are all these big events that are all they're all getting on the same table on the same board as far as hey this is how a rule is going to be interpreted and here's going to be this this unified format i'm at that level that's that's amazing to me because i've accepted as a tournament player i've accepted that you go to a different tournament and it's different each time and that's i've accepted that um, kind of having that that combined format uh, as far as rules goes, it sounds great to me. Let's stop right there and then keep <laughs> the uniqueness of all these different tournaments. Let there be a bunch of different missions. That's great. Yes. You know, no, different that's, point that's, values. You're right, and that's what people want. The people want diversity in in the things where diversity matters, and then standardization um, to keep the game the same throughout the whole thing. It's just so you have different. And what that does is that creates formats, um, and then we're getting into a lot of like game competition tournament theory. Um, but the, we should we, the, we we should move on. We probably should. <laughs> um, but I have a feeling at least half of you guys are interested. Uh, but uh, that aside, we'll probably save all this. This is probably something we can all save for another episode. Um, but that's great. It's a lot of good happy news things coming. On to the next final thing before we go on to the main topic uh, is you guys, um, once again, you guys are amazing. I'd just like to take a moment to thank everyone who listens to this podcast. Uh, there are, you know, thousands and thousands of you. Um, I, I'm constantly humbled by the numbers. I, I see, you know, how many people download and watch this podcast, uh, you know, on iTunes, on the FrontlineGaming.org blog, you know, on Bowls when I put it up, wh wherever. Um, there's a lot of you, and there's there's a lot of you from all over the world. Uh, I was joking about a guy last week from Panama. You, whoever you are, I'm still waiting for your email, buddy. Um, but if, if you... There are people who, you know, like one single person lives lives in Qatar and listens to my podcast, right? Like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just some, it's just random countries. There's one single download, and it's like, okay, well, they could be a bot, but I'm hoping that, or like a misclick, but I'm hoping that they're like someone who's just, you know, dying to take it to the next level or dying to just play a competitive 40 game with 40k game with me. Um, but talking to you guys right now, uh, all of my listeners, you guys are the best. Uh, keep emailing me. I'm. I've said this already a few times for the last couple episodes, but I, I'm a little bit behind on emails. Um, we're really busy right now. We hit a really busy point. 
uh, but I, I'm answering them when I can, um, and I haven't forgotten about you guys. And when I do answer your email, I do put my full undivided attention to every email. Um, so I, I take the time to look up stats of units that I'm unfamiliar with. Um, and I think someone thanked me earlier on Facebook, and I think this is kind of what I've been striving for, um, that I'm really proud of, just to kind of talk about myself a little bit here. Um, he said that... It's your podcast, you should. <laughs> uh, he said that... Uh, he, it was great to hear someone with some intelligence, um, that's debatable, but uh, great to hear someone with some intelligence answer questions of people who, who just have simple list questions, right? Um, <clears throat> because a lot of people like Reese, a lot of people look to Reese for, for list questions and list advice, um, but he's a really busy guy. Like if you think I'm busy, he's next level busy. Um, so he just simply doesn't have the time to answer those questions. Um, and he's infinitely more popular than me. So he probably gets you know, hundreds and hundreds of questions, right? Uh, but the the guy thanked me um, for an taking the time to answer questions, uh, and I, I will continue to do my best. As long as you guys have questions, I, I will help you guys, um, because I think every single person that I help with a better competitive list, you know, they're someone who's going to go, maybe go to the LVO, go to Nova, um, which in turn is going to give more money to that event, uh, which is in turn going to make that event better, better um, which in turn makes the community better and stronger, um, you know, and so on and you're, so forth. So paint it, paint it forward in a way. Yeah. Uh, so thank you guys. You guys kind of make it all possible. Um, the more popular my podcast gets, the more people who send in their emails to uh, frontline gaming pdpab at gmail.com. That's frontline gaming. P-E-T-E-Y-P-A-B at gmail.com. Uh, the more of you who send in those emails and the more people I help, um, keep more potential to grow the community, which which I think isn't a bad thing. Uh, so quick thank you well, to you hey, guys. Thank you for, thanks for having me on, by the way. Oh, no problem, Thomas. All right. Away from the mushy stuff, let's go on to the Index yeah. Imperium 1 uh, right after this commercial break. Yo, get off the computer. I need to check eBay. I got an auction ending soon. Wait, what are you doing on the computer? I'm just buying some minis online. Are you saving money? Nah, dude, saving clicks. Time is money, right? Hey, what the heck was that for? Dude, you gotta buy from Frontline Gaming. They offer savings on minis every single day. Whoa, that's better than saving clicks. With all that savings, I can take a few days off of work so I can paint these minis. Ow! You gotta stop that. It hurts. You know what hurts? Spending three weeks base coning models. Save yourself some pain and get them painted by Frontline Gaming's painting studio. You know what? You've got all the answers. That's why I'm glad you're my best friend. I don't know what I'd do without you. I could never hurt you. What are you looking up on eBay? I'm uh, selling a bunch of old models. Don't really use them anymore. Why aren't you going through Frontline Gaming's secondhand store? You can get money or store credit. I think you broke my nose. I don't like your tone, mister. So I'm just going to say this. Head over to FrontlineGaming.org for more details. And we're back. All right, Thomas, you are a Space Marine player I look up to. Uh, I know we have our disagreements. I appreciate you. Thanks, Pablo. <laughs> we, we do have our disagreements. Um, I still firmly oh, believe that it's... scouts were... You should keep scouts as bare bones as possible in seventh edition and eighth edition. Yeah, but um... I, I I'm I'm more towards that argument in eighth edition with with you now than I was then. 
Yeah, they're just they got a lot more expensive with their sniper upgrades and stuff. Um, but uh, cloaks costing three points per model yeah, really hurts. Brutal. Yeah, that makes it's, you but well, and then the AP range. affecting cover saves makes them so that they they're just not nearly as resilient. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah they're uh they are definitely sniper scouts are definitely uh, they're also better in a sense too. So the, because they got an interesting unique mechanic, but. Space Marines. I think it only plays specifically. Speaking, well, yeah, speaking of Space Marines, I think the only way that there's only two ways that I would bring scouts in the current now. Now let's take this with a grain of salt. I've played probably about 25 games of, of Eighth Edition, um, so it's really early. We're still got. I mean, there's it's going to be plenty of time ahead. You probably played more games of Eighth Edition than me. As far as I can tell right now, I would only bring scouts in two ways. Either a, I'm bringing a, a bare bones unit. Maybe put you know spend five points for a power weapon, and those guys are there out in front of my army, basically kind of scout blocking, quote unquote, mm -hmm. um, uh, or or what I really would I should say is like deep strike blocking uh, enemy enemy armies. Like that's the way one way that I would bring them. Um, yes. And then the other way, and, and that would be super bare bones. And then the other way that I would bring them is I'd bring a unit where you yeah I, I did spend the points to put a cloaks and and uh, uh, sniper rifles on them one heavy weapon, and then I'm going to spend the extra points and bring Tellian. And that would be the, right now, brainstorming, looking at looking at uh, lists, looking at, at uh, scouts. Those are the only ways that I would bring them, I think. Yeah. Um, I think the bare bones blocking your opponents from deep striking, I, I think that's that's huge when you measure out the both the unit coherency two-inch distance and nine mm -hmm. inches between your gun line and the scouts and your opponent where they're dropping down. Um, and if you go into a corner where that's maximized even more, um, yep. I, only 55 points to do that. I think that's pretty big. They essentially, they're more expensive than servo skulls, but they're essentially doing the same thing servo skulls did. Um, but yeah, well, let's be frank. Servo skulls were broken oh, were and broken. inappropriate. Yeah, you you could do this roughly the same thing for nine points versus 55 points, um, but I guess 34 points if you include the Inquisitor who did nothing other than bring his servo skulls. But exactly. Yeah. No, I mean there was there was no bet there was no back there was no reason you shouldn't do that as a as a highly competitive player in seventh edition. Yeah. It blocked it blocked a huge plethora of lists. And just the fear of somebody being able to bring that at no no real cost to them meant that whole uh groups of lists were unplayable in seventh edition. Yeah. So at fifty five points, yes, you're still doing it cheaply, but to do it more to, to to really have more coverage you probably need two units which means you're 110 points in and that's actually like in my opinion that's somebody pays that amount of the, that amount of points into doing that i think that's an appropriate amount of points uh it's I more agree. balanced i agree all right so we're at the first we're at space brains army list under keywords um, we're not really going to talk too much about their keywords. Uh, they they reroll their morale tests. That's they all do that, and they shall know no fear. Um, and then the chapter keywords, uh, other than making the game slightly more confusing for Space Marine players, not really because Space Marine players are already kind of used to it. Um, don't really do more so than lot. other factions. Right. Yeah. Right. So basically, just keep an eye on your keywords uh, note, when you're building your army. Note if you want to play Black Templars, who got better this edition. Uh, you can't bring librarians. They still can't bring librarians. Oh, oh well. And that's that's noted right there, which is great, actually. I think that's. I mean, it stays it stays true to the fluff in a way, and 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 put and puts the fluff into the rules without detracting from uh from them. 
Yes. Now, we'll talk about their psychic powers a little bit. Uh, basically, uh, they get Veil of Time, which is you get to attack. You could you, you get to attack. Um, Counter charging. You, yeah. You yes. And then you can reroll charge and advance rolls to the unit. That that's okay. Um, it, it can come. Certainly in not the Veil of Time of Seventh Edition. Yes. Absolutely not. No reroll your wound rolls. Um, it's 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 all right. It's it's actually kind of cool if you put. If you put it on like uh, like a unit of terminators, or as Reese likes to run Vanguard veterans with plasma pistols, or some sort of close combat deep striking unit, uh, and then you drop in the librarian behind it with a jump pack, uh, and then you veil of time them so they get to reroll their charge roll. That can be useful. Um, but uh, might of heroes, which is the second one, uh, adding one to a model strength, toughness, and attack characteristics. That's okay until you realize it's just model, um, so it's not as good. It, it can be you can throw it on Gilliman and. and it, it makes Gilman better, but I don't think Gilman really needs it. Putting it on a on a it said any model, so you could put it on your fire base. Like if you if you bring a land raider. Um, speaking of land raiders, like I've been thinking about this since the fact dropped. They the terminus X went from being a, a or terminus ultra, sorry, went from being like a a, a zero kind of crap model to being a hero model in my yeah, opinion. It's so expensive though. It's you're, you're well, four hundred points bare bones, and you have to pay for it. 25 points no. for last cannon. Did, no, did you did you see the the fac says you now include the war gear. It says add including war gear under Lords of War. So that thing now just costs 400 points. That's oh. why it's a, that's why it's a hero now. Yeah, that's oh why it's gosh. so much better. Yeah, yeah. Like I like I was like wow cuz like right now I'm already playing an Ultramarines list. You play Ultramarines. Yeah, this that's is really great. Good. I mean yeah, right now, the list that I've been running, the list I, I took to, to Boise and uh, the one that I'm going to probably take this weekend, uh, unless I can finish a Land Raider to, with, with extra Lascans and stuff on it, is two has two Predators in it that are that are Lascans. So I'm getting eight Lascans on two platforms uh, for 200 points. With add-ons, it becomes 220 points, or sorry, 420 points total, 210 apiece. Um, and this thing is at 400 well, there you go. Now I can have all all the things in one, Jeez. more more strong, more protected. And then if you bring that librarian, hey, that's not so bad. Now you mighty heroes that thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're all all you're looking for out of mighty heroes in that case, of course, is that plus one toughness. Yeah, but yeah, and if that's you were to that, add, I mean, a toughness nine land raider so is pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All of a sudden, multi melters are wounding on fives. Yeah, life's pretty good. Four last cans are wounding on fours instead of threes. Hmm, that's going to survive a lot more firepower all of a sudden. Yeah, you're wounding knights on threes when you finally get your charge in. Finally hit with well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, joking yeah, aside. Yeah, <laughs> land raider charge. Yeah, um, but th that's that's actually really crazy because uh, if you take a bare bones land raider without upgrades at 239, this is no upgrades at all. You haven't paid for the war gear yet. Mm -hmm. And then you mm -hmm. give it eight las cannons. That's already 40 points more than the terminus ultra. There you go. Absolutely. So this you're, thing you're you're saving this, 40 this, points. that change that change is huge. Oh yeah, it's big. It's huge. It's huge for that model being played. Yes. You know, and if you're already bringing a game in list where you were going to run something like that, it's you know it's like I was looking at it, I was like man, so this is a perfect switch across. I even save some points to put somewhere else if I want. Yeah. Now the only downside, the big downside to it, huge downside, is you can't put Cronus inside. It's a bummer. No, that, that is too bad. Uh, Cronus that is, is that, that is really too. Well, well, that, we, they should fact that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a it's an ultramarine land raider. Yeah, it's an ultramarine to... land raider. Why can't you put Cronus inside? Yeah, it makes um, no sense. We'll, we'll talk about Cronus a little bit more when we hit the HQ, the ultramarine <laughs> HQ section of the book. 
Um, but I've got some I got some stuff to say about him. But anyways, uh, and finally, Null Zone, which is really good. Uh, being able to remove invuln saves from something is is crazy. It's it's really I cannot stress how strong it is. Um, yeah, it's limited in that it's a six inch range, yes. right? So you're never going to be able to say, okay, I'm going to put this guy, I'm going to give him a jump pack, and I'm going to drop him, and he's going to get within six inches, right? And it's only unless models. you charge. Yes. And, and yeah, and so it's not it, like it's limited enough that I find that I think that there's a balance there, right? Especially right. in terms of, especially in terms of like, uh, like we like we were speaking earlier with the with that, you know, the ridiculous Zinch, uh, greater demon guy, um. Abu Zaka or whatever his name is. I'm mean, going to say it different every time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, that guy, uh, he gets a plus two to deny as well. So, like, I mean, you're going to you're going to struggle to get that power off uh, to be able to affect him with that. But yes. if you can affect him, that is incredible. I mean, it would be incredible to all of a sudden him go him going from having a three plus invulnerable save to does he even have a save? <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I actually like it um, because it's really it can be really defensive. Um, if you stick like three librarians in a space ring gun line and they get charged by gene stealers who have a five up invuln, right? Um, they can heroic intervention in to get in range uh, and then just move out um, and then null zone, you know, and then just shut down your gene stealer shooting and then you could just lay waste into the gene stealers who ate your bubble wrap of conscripts, um, which is where I think it really really shines is librarians with conscripts um, in front of them to null zone anything with an invuln save that you can just normally wouldn't be able to shoot off the board. Um, that's really good. Uh, th it's niche. It's not It's not amazing, but I, I feel like it's the best of the three powers. Although toughness uh, and raiders yeah. is... I, I never thought about that. That's really good. This is why it I brought could, you on, it, Thomas. It could play. I'm, yes. I'm, I mean, I've been thinking about it. It could play. I'm not saying that it's... I'm not saying it's stellar, because I'm going to agree with you. I think that the space marine powers are the weakest powers in this book. Yes. I the, the the regular vanilla marine yes. guys. I agree. Um, all right, moving on to the HQ choices. We have captains. Do you have anything to say about captains, Thomas? Um, I, I one thing that I noticed that is very interesting that's a change from seventh. You, there's no artificer armor as an option, which makes makes Terminator character either either your named characters, which of course are going are all shining stars now, pretty much, <laughs> um, who who come with two plus saves, right? Um, you know, Pedro Cantor, and I'm pretty sure Helbrecht gets it as well, and Dante, you know, the like. But uh, the only way to get a two-plus save on a captain now is to bring Terminator armor. Yes. And I think that that's, um, that's very interesting. Um, it makes it so that you you really have to think in terms of, okay, I can't just, this this guy can't, he's not he's not the tank of 7th edition like he was before. Now this guy is here for the bubbles. Um, and, and then the, obviously the captain is the first of the HQs who has a, a re-roll one units within six get to re-roll ones to, to hit, which, um, is the theme of space Marines is, is those, is those re-roll bubbles. Yes. Um, and, uh, so that's all I would say about captains yeah. other than the relic blades, relic blade is, is back and good. Yeah. The relic blade is strong. I, I think if you're going to take captains and your space room player, you should either take them dist disgustingly cheap which is 73 points, because you don't have to pay for the Power Sword and, and Mastercraft the Bolt Gun. You could actually replace the Power Sword with a Chain Sword, um, because it's mm -hmm. part of the melee weapons choice. Uh, and then you can replace the Bolt Gun with a Bolt Pistol. Yeah, so, so you don't so have to pay can, for it at all. Right, so you don't have to pay any upgrades. You don't have to put any upgrades on them. So I think it, because the HQ choice is the new tax, um, 
troops have taken a little bit of a little bit of uh, demotion, um, and that objective secured is gone. So you don't have to take troops anymore. Um, you could just flat out just run an army with no HQ, no troop choices. But HQs are still HQs are the new tax. Every detachment, you know, requires a certain amount of HQs, um, and that was the case before. Um, but now I think more so. Uh, because if more you so, take... you, you're pretty much always going to bring, yes. probably always going to bring at least, you're going to bring maybe more than one in, right? Yeah. And, and, more than one detachment. Yes, and the formation, like before, the reason why HQ choices weren't that much of a tax before was mostly because of formations. Um, like you would take like an Eldar CAD uh, that only required one HQ choice uh, and a, like a Riptide wing, right? Boom. There you go. Right. You, you need your troops, uh, you need your Riptide rip, but that's it. Like now if you wanted to take hypothetically uh, like a splattering of heavy support choices, you need an HQ choice with those heavy support choices on top of more HQ choices. Um, and if you want multiple command points, um, which Thomas and I both agree, having a lot of command mm -hmm. points is, is necessary and a really good thing. Uh, you need three, at least three, three HQ choices at that point. Right. There's right. Two right. Battalion, yeah. That, one that battalion. The, yes. Uh, which is one of the, one of the reasons, one of the only times where you, the battalion makes you, so you actually have, you're required to have troops yes. as well. As yeah. A, yeah. Uh, but that being aside, you either go really bare bones with your captain, like absolutely bare bones to pay for the tax, or um, you give him like Terminator armor and a melee weapon. Um, and then that way he goes to town on people. Because Terminator armor, like, you might as well just give a captain Terminator armor. You know, they, they have the, they they have six wounds, they have an extra wound. Um, I think the Gravis armor gives you a T5, Yes. The Gravis Army gives you T5 at the ability to teleport. Um, and then Cataphracty gives you... I can't remember what Cataphracty gives you. Yeah, Cataphracty there you go. Yeah, gives you three up and which is, which is pretty good. Um, but, that but, is pretty good. Yeah, that extra wound, it's it's not it's not amazing. I think the bigger thing is, is teleport strike. Uh, jump pack captains are really good for this. You can bring them really cheap. Uh, 100 points or less easy. And you can have a captain anywhere you want at any time in the first three turns, wherever you want them, yeah. wherever you That's need them. That's pretty great. That's amazing. Yep. It's, it's great. It's I, great. I would say that one of my, the other thing about a captain is it's one of the few ways that I would actually think about bringing uh, a thunder hammer. Um, like I don't like thunder hammer, storm shield terminators. I, I, I don't like a lot of the other platforms you can put a thunder hammer on. I think a captain is a good platform for a thunder hammer. Yeah. Cause they get to reroll their hit rolls. Um, which yeah. They, they reroll their hit rolls. They're, they, they, they hit on twos, twos regularly, so they go to threes, rerolling ones. Yes. They've got four. They've got four attacks. So you're you're paying twenty is what twenty five points for a thunderhammer. All yeah. of a sudden, that becomes that twenty five point investment becomes useful, much more use much much more useful than otherwise. Um, you know, a lot of your other platforms, you end up going from hitting on threes to hitting on fours, for instance, and therefore needs to be babysat by like a chaplain or something. Right. And and there's no getting your points out of them. Th there's no thunder hammers are officially better than power fists now. There's there was no problem. There, yeah. Yeah. Th I mean, before you were like, okay, just just take a power fist on your captain because they do essentially the same thing. But now you're you're instead of doing d3 damage per swing, you're doing three damage. Just thunder hammers are just better now. Five five points more for three damage guaranteed. That's better. That's that's value. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Other than that, I don't I don't see anything special about captains. Um, just run them simple. Don't don't deck them out with too much stuff. Uh, I see a lot of people do that, and I think that's a mistake. Um, librarians, I I think the librarian on bike is actually the best librarian option. Uh, 
because you I think it's totally list dependent. Yes, that's you true. Know? Um, but it's it, if you're bringing a gun line, there's no reason why I need to have a, a you know I spend those extra points for that guy on bike. Well, that's so you you, know? you drive out and smite things um, and take an, smite things off objectives if you need to. Maybe so. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not going to argue with you that, that he's probably uh, like the the best. Well, like I said, list dependent. If your goal yeah. is to go out and smite something. Awesome. If your goal is to be like, okay, I'm going to sit him back here and buff, buff my land raider, for instance, <laughs> right? Or let's say that he's you want to bring him in a storm raven. Well, you can't put him on a bike in a storm raven. So you could give him a jump pack, or you could put him in there and just be like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing we just talked about, mighty heroes, but instead it's going to go on the dreadnought. A dreadnought really likes to have plus one strength, toughness, and attack. Like that sounds awesome. Let's make every dreadnought get that. With you know, mighty heroes is like that's exactly where you want to put that thing. Yes, uh, and then Tech Marines. Um, I, Tech Marines are actually really good this edition. Uh, Love I think, them. I think Tech Marines in like uh, Gilliman mech list is is silly. Um, yep. And viable. Uh, so Tech Marines, the, the automatically doing D three wounds is is huge, as opposed to like on a two plus or uh, four plus or whatever yeah. it was before. It was, uh, it was normally on a four plus, but you. You had you had to you had to bring the harness. Yes. You had to bring the the harness gave you more a better chance. And so now that uh, now that it's just an automatic thing, then you can choose. You can be like, well, I don't need the harness anymore. Yes. Especially since the harness kind of took it. The harness is not as good as it was. No, you're you're um, buying and it's, you're buying every it's pretty expensive. thing on it. Yeah, you're buying the servo arms and the the plasma well, the cutter and the flamer. The servo arms are cool, but they're not like I mean, being at a minus one. That's that kind of sucks, yes. right? That kind of sucks when you're using those servo arms and you're limited. You're like, I can only, I can only do as many attacks as I, as I have, as I have arms, right? Yeah. So you're never gonna get all three of his attacks to be at strength eight, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, chaplains. Any any word on chaplains? I, everyone I talk to either hates them or loves them. Um, I seventh edition. I loved chaplains. I loved them so much. Um, I think that the chaplain. I haven't really gotten into the meat and potatoes of making an assault list, but I think that if you bring an assault list, chaplains are are, are amazing. Um, you're just gonna. You're that. That is your go-to HQ is the chaplain if you have an assault army. Yeah, uh, and that's because of the reroll failed hit rolls, um, which basically yeah, don't get access to a ton of reroll to hit rolls. Cheap. It's it's cheaper. It's cheaper than bringing a chapter. It's cheaper, master. and you can and then yeah. You're, you're obviously going to bring a name chapter master, right? But if you want to have your whole army being able to be affected by the same reroll bubbles, regardless, meaning AKA you don't have two chapters going on, two different chapters that don't help each other out. Chaplains are the way to make a bridge there in terms of an assault army. So yes, of course you still bring one of the, uh, one of the uh, chapter master named chapter masters, but then you can be like, okay, this is an assault army. I also brought chaplains to, Fill so my army doesn't have to all fit into this flower petal of six inches. You know, the end of each unit is within six inches, and then I'm worried about how many guys charge and how I move them. So that what if they move out of the bubble? Oh no, no, right? So chaplains are great for that. Okay, now let's let's skip the uh, the apothecaries real quick. Who are next? And talk about Primaris Marines um, as a whole. Uh, so we'll okay, just, we'll just talk about them. Um, the because the Primaris Lieutenant is next. Um, mm -hmm. Now. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the Primaris Marines uh, and then just make it uh, very, very simple. Um, I think I don't think there's a whole lot to say about them. Uh, I have my own opinions about them, um, but we'll just lump them all into one because so, there's only like three units. So mm -hmm. Anyway, so the Primaris Lieutenant, uh, really good. Uh, Reroll to hit rolls, reroll to wound rolls of one is huge. That's that's you could 
for a, with a Primaris Lieutenant and a cheap Captain, you can effectively get a Gilliman for cheaper. I, I like it. I like, yeah. Um, uh, Pedro, Pedro Cantor list I was running around with playing a couple games. Really like those Primaris Lieutenants. I'd, I ran Cantor and a couple Lieutenants, and that was almost like having Gilliman, and it was cheaper. Thing, or it actually wasn't cheaper. It was, but it was it wasn't cheaper. It was actually more expensive. But it was right around the same number of points as Gaiman, and you've got three platforms rather than one, um, and they're not bad. You know, I mean, it's too bad that they can only have a power sword, but uh, they can still they can still get some work done. Um, you know, they've got four attacks base. Um, if they're there with Cantor, with Cantor specifically, um, I was ending up with five attacks when they were when they were heroically intervening and stuff like that. Um, and it was really a great way to bolster, help bolster just kind of regular dudes, regular Marines and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I don't know if you agree with me on this, uh, but I feel like the Hellblasters and the Inceptors, the, the yeah. attack ones, I Inter feel like they're overcosted. I feel like they're um, not really worth taking. One 100% agree with you on the Interceptors. Those guys are just too expensive for not enough life points. i mean they're so cool they're so good their their guns are awesome they're they're not too bad in close combat they just they 250 points is just too much for six wounds they needed to they needed to be nine wounds i agree with that yeah. i 100 agree with that and or uh either you know give them some sort of mechanic where they've got an invulnerable save yes it, it just a, some a little more oomph because they just don't have enough there um the the other guys the, the Hellblasters, i haven't played with them but like list theory and stuff like that, I think they've got a place. I think that if you have a gunline army or, or something else, they, 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 I mean, you're going to have to babysit them, right? They can't just do it on their own. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think that that's kind of a theme of 8th edition in, in general. Like I think that most units are going to be like, hey, we're going to be better. We're going to do – we're just going to do more if we've got HQs around us helping us do that, right? Um, and I think that they can really shine in the right set of circumstances. Um the fact that their guns are minus four, that's pretty huge. Um, and then if you start looking at like some of the math, obviously, um, I think the Hellblasters, that minus four, like I was saying, is really good. And then the, if you get them in a reroll bubble and you're rerolling those ones and, and you have an apothecary there, yeah, I'm going to overcharge those guns every time. That's, that, that could get some work done. And they're not – so obnoxiously expensive that I wouldn't that I don't think that they're they've got a place. Yeah, but like I said, you have to you, you have to put other things around them. Yes. Yeah, you have to babysit them. Yeah, they're, they're thirty at thirty seven points a model. I think you're right. I, I actually for didn't they're thirty inch range minus four plasma guns, which is really good, um, which I didn't actually think about until right now. Uh, but yeah, I, th I think you're right. Uh, Hellblasters have a place. It sucks that they don't have a transport to go into. Um, so they they are susceptible to being just shot off the board every time. Uh, but they, they do have their place. And then finally, the troop choice, the Intercessor Squad. Uh, I, I terrible. Think, uh, they're terrible, though. And tactical squads are terrible. Remember, I'm not a fan of tactical squads. I, I do bring That's them occasionally, fair. but I'm not a fan of them. However, if you were to hypothetically bring... So more than 110 points or two tactical squads, which is, you know, 130 points. Uh, an intercessor squad is 110 mm -hmm. points. If you were to bring two tactical squads, bare bones, no upgrades, just bring an intercessor squad. They're, they're, they're the same. They're 25 points. Or they're 20 points cheaper. Um, they have the same amount of wounds. They're an extra toughness. Their bolters are slightly better. You do get less shots. They're both toughness four. Oh, I'm sorry. So they're both tough. But but the intercessors are have two wounds. So... 
two wounds. Two yeah. wounds. Two wounds helps. Yeah, two wounds. Um, five models is slightly easier to hide than ten models. I just, uh, just it's, if you're gonna bring two tactical squads, I would just bring intercessors instead. Um, and then don't worry about the troop slot. Like, like don't worry about it. Like, get your battalion somewhere else. Sp buy scouts. You know, if if you really want the battalion, yeah, just buy like. I, I think we're just making excuses for these for these guys here. They're honestly. I can't I can't see how they're they're worth it. Um uh like I would even kind of disagree with what with your with your points as to why we like we would like them over tactical marines because instead of one unit of of guys or five bodies you get 10 bodies which is better at holding objectives could be in two places at once and could fill two of your your slots for that battalion if you wanted. Like the same arguments you're making for them I, I can make against them. Like they're just terrible. They're just so bad right now. Like Damn, he's right. I mean well, and you and you like tactical marines. You, you say you don't like tactical marines. I like tactical marines over them for one reason alone: they can bring a special weapon, which especially or a heavy weapon, which all of a sudden makes them that much better. Their yeah. sergeant can bring a power weapon, right? Like, or yeah. or combi weapons, which are amazing yeah, in this no, edition. You're right. So you're right, vanilla. You're, you're right. Uh, they're just for for right now. Primaris marines in general are just too vanilla um, and too overcosted for for the meta. Yeah, well, yeah maybe... when they when they come out with a codex of them and they have a transport and they got extra options. coolness for some other reason, yeah, right. they give them options, all those things, yeah, heck yeah, it'll be amazing. Yeah, but for now, don't worry about. It. Anyways, that's why I just want to get the Primaris Marines out of the way. Now on to good call onto the command squad. So uh, the reason why I say command squad and not company ancient, company veteran, uh, company champion, etc., is because they essentially broke up the command squad into multiple units. Um, and which mm -hmm. is great. They did this across the board. They did this to multiple elite choices, all the command squads, uh, all the banner bearers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and it's good. I, I feel like making those banners characters um, gives them a little more flavor. Protects them, yeah. It also protects them a little better. Uh, and it, to to kind of like fix that along, uh, they made the battalion detachment zero to six elites instead of zero to three like everything else. Super, super great, which super is, great. Which is great. Which you can abuse too. You can put like six elites. If your if your army has a lot of really good elite choices, um, like I've seen some armies that are already have already taken advantage of this. Uh, you know, you if your army has really good elite choices, you can spam the crap out of that elite slot with the battalion detachment. Get those extra command points, and on top, add a uh, not the vanguard. The the yeah, this is the vanguard. The spearhead is the heavy support. Vanguard detachment, yep. which is the elite choices for one more HQ choice. All of a sudden, boom! You're sitting on seven command points. You bring Gilman. You're sitting on ten command points. You have twelve elite slots, uh, and you, you're good to go. Um, so, oh, and like we were talking about, you're you're you know a lot of things kind of in this edition, you know, aren't really going to be that great on their own. But all of a sudden, with all these extra slots and all these kind of you know cheaper elite characters that are going to help buff your regular stuff, this is. This is how they, you know, they want us to design our armies so that our armies can still function really well. Is with the support of these guys that are, you know, kind of like chivying along the regular marine. You know, here's my regular tax marine, which you know he's not that great. But then you put an apothecary by him, you put a, a banner by him, you know, give him a captain to hang out with. All these different choices to make them shine, uh, kind of like they did with formations in the last edition. Yeah. Um, now, having said all that. Company veterans, they have their they have their place. Um, they did get smaller and uh, minimum squad size, so they're squads of I think three now. Uh, did they did did they? It might even be two. I feel like they're three because they took out an ancient 
and or an apothecary and the champion because they expected you to duck out all your command squads with those two characters, right? Uh, I think there's I think they're size two to there. two to five. Oh yeah, they are they are though. two to five because they because because uh, their thought process was well if you take out the the apothecary the banner bearer and the champion you're only left with two regular guys holding melted guns because no one's gonna run five melted guns on a command squad that's silly. Um, right. Yeah, so I think I think that's the 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 obvious kind of thing there. So you can actually run them in squads of two, which is two melty guns in twelve elite slots is is actually, or not just two twelve, but two special weapons in twelve elite slots is actually really silly. Um, but so yeah, I would yeah. love the result. I love the the ability to to just kind of like it's choose your weapons. own flavor, right? You yes. know, we just walked into we walked into the ice cream shop and said. Hey, here's our here's our a whole long counter full of ice cream. You can mix and match it however you want, and you know do whatever you want. Yeah, and that's great. I think that's just giving 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 players choices just leads to more diversity. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of I cool. do. Go ahead. I, I would I am going to say is I do think that you're never going to run, especially when we're talking about these multiple slots like you are. I, you're never going to run a five man squad of them though. No. You're going to run two man uh, you're going to run a bunch of two man squads. Yeah, no. Because three, three man they're maybe. Yeah, they're separate they're separate choices so they have to be targeted separately. So wounds aren't going to carry you know multiple shots from the same guns, you know, like you're shooting them with an assault cannon 12 shots, you do six or eight wounds or whatever. You know, if you overkill the unit it's not going to kill that extra model cuz they're going to be separate units. And that veteran, that sergeant guy gets a gets a free extra attack. So you got one guy that's got three attacks, and so why wouldn't you spam more units to get that extra free attack? Because it's free, yeah. and it's not. And it's the exact same. You're like, oh, well, I guess I have two squads that have two plasma guns apiece instead of one squad that has four. Yeah, absolutely. Same points costs. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, the company ancient. I think the ancients have gotten so much better. I. I I, oh, one hundred percent. So they're so good. So if you don't know what a company ancient does, or an ancient is basically a marine with a banner. Um, but all of the banner marines do the same thing essentially. Uh, they give a little bit of morale buff, and on a four plus, when a model w dies within six inches of the banner bearer, uh, they get to shoot again as if it was the shooting phase, or swing and attack again as if it was the charge phase, uh, which is which is huge. It's, it's, it's if you build your deal. if you build your list around it, it's yes. a big deal. Yeah, if you get like I don't I doubt it stacks. Reese wouldn't let me stack it whenever I played him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I would I would I would argue that it probably doesn't stack. Probably yeah. that's probably a fair statement. I mean, but I just I, I brought, want to bring I like brought four ten of banners. Them. This one guy in front of us died. Ten more shots. See, I was thinking I was thinking that I, I didn't think that far ahead. I was just thinking like if I can bring three of them. I get three four up chances to shoot once is what I is my thought process was. Oh, obviously, okay. All right. obviously my thought process was didn't take it to the next level like you. But anyways, uh the four plus to shoot again is really the big reason why you take them. I I've, I've been running a Space Marine Devastator walk list with uh Gilliman. Um and the, those okay. those banners are huge. Like I I was running a Rhino or I I was uh yeah, I was like moving a Rhino to go intercept some orcs and he shot and killed the Rhino. And when all my guys got out, I rolled like two ones, but I moved them so they were within six inches of the banner bearer. And then when they shot, I when I when they died, they both rolled a four plus to shoot, and they both shot their las cannons and killed a truck. And Three I, shots, man. I did that that's, in my great. Yeah, it was great. I did that in my opponent's shooting phase, and then the truck did mortal wounds to his uh his kef, his custom force field 
guy and yeah. killed it because I'd already heard it with snipers with Tellian. Um, and it killed him. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, and I was that like, is oh, awesome. Okay, well there you go. That was that was my shooting phase in your turn. It, their ancients are really good. Uh, the champions banners are really useful. Banners are really good. Apothecaries are also uh, really good. I like I like the idea of an apothecary and an ancient and bringing back guys and um and getting them to shoot again when they die. Uh, it's cute. I haven't turned it into an efficient, well-oiled machine yet. Um, I'm working on that right now. Uh, but I do like the idea of apothecaries bringing back models and units, and then, of course, ancients, when they die, they get to shoot again. So you're essentially getting more shots and farming shots as your models die. Um, and, of course, models That's are going to be dying. Um, but it, it's, I haven't quite found the secret sauce to it yet. I'm still working on that. Uh, and the champions are as bad as they were in 7th edition. They're... I yeah, know. I mean... It's in. I, I think the champion. I think. I think the company champion is meh. I think the chapter champion. Oh, he's a boss. Is, is a boss. Yeah, I think the chapter champion is worth bringing. Yeah. Though, if you're gonna, if though, honestly, and this is this this is my same. My, my this is my thing. I honestly, I feel like this is the same thing with honor guard. I, there's just better ways to do it. Like, why would I bring honor guard when I could just bring it? I mean, the honor guard are pretty cheap, but like. Why wouldn't I just bring a close, a, a real close combat character? You know, why wouldn't I bring a captain? That's my same thing with the with with the with the chapter champion is is yeah he's better he's really good, but well, for uh, a few a more points I could have a captain nine. who's better. Yeah, a captain is nine points more. So yeah, see that's that's where I'm just kind of like, uh, not sure that this dude is as good as I want him to be, right? Yes. Like that just doesn't. But I mean, hey, again, it's one of those situations where. Uh, Games Workshop is giving us opportunities and chances to pick your own flavor. Yes. And and that's and I love it. I love that. All right. Uh, and then as for the rest of the elite choices, um, dreadnoughts dreadnoughts have gotten really good. Uh, I'm sure you guys have already seen it. Won't beat it to death. Uh, but dreadnought elite spam armies, um, you know, with like Gilliman uh, shooting reroll to hit to wound. Dreadnoughts are cheaper. They're wound efficient. Uh, mm -hmm. They have a lot of shots. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Um, the, the the ones that are that are less than ten wounds that that don't degrade, I think that's really I think that's actually really powerful, right? Yes. Yeah, they're. I mean, yeah, obviously, right. what I'm saying is the the contemptor is ten wounds, so it does degrade, right? But the other ones, one of the one of the problems you're having with 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 bringing like uh, a land raider or bringing like a uh, any of the other vehicles is that all of them have enough wounds that as as they take wounds they get worse, and your shooty dreadnought. You say, hey, I want my twin Lascan, my twin auto cannon guy who's standing next in the in the Guillemin bubble or one of the other character bubbles to re-roll, especially a venerable guy who hits on twos. So if he even if he moves, he still hits on threes. That guy's pretty that guy's gonna get some work done. Yes. And that's and that's pretty that's pretty cool. I agree. Uh, yeah, so so dreadnoughts are they're really good. They do get a lot of work done. Uh, they especially get better um, when they become characters like uh, Bjorn. The Fell-Handed mm -hmm. Space Wolves, we'll talk about him later. Uh, and Brayarth Ashmantle from the Forge World book, who is also a character, mm -hmm. because they le have less than 10 wounds. So you can't shoot at them <clears throat> unless they're the closest visible model. But they're also, they have Dreadnought stat, dread, dreadnought stat lines, so they're, they're crazy. They're just super powerful. Yes. Super strong. Yeah. So so Dreadnoughts, dreadnoughts are cool. Dreadnought armies are legitimate. Um, I'm just waiting for someone to start doing well with them and find like the perfect Dreadnought mix. Uh, do you know if Dreadnoughts can take two twin, two assault cannons? Uh, I don't. I, 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 don't, I want to say no, uh -huh. um, but I, I haven't looked enough to say for sure. Um, 
I did want to comment that uh, at least if you're not, if you're speaking just of this book, the only way to get a dreadnought across the table is to put them in a in a Storm Raven, and yeah. we're, I'm sure we'll talk about Storm Ravens and how ridiculously good Storm Ravens are, and because they're so good, it's almost like it's almost it's, it's almost like okay, it's the Storm Raven's so good, of course I'm going to bring one, and then you can bring a Land Raider in it. And then the Land Raider, as long as you put something else in the, the something else in there as well, Land Raiders, or sorry, the the Dreadnought, uh-huh. put Dreadnought in it. And since you you put some other squad in there, the Dreadnought's never going to die if the Storm Raven dies. And if you've moved up anyway, like it's 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 this almost free delivery system for a close combat Dreadnought, where you're just like it's it's not free obviously, but it's so good that it's like why wouldn't I do that? Yes. Um, and I, I think I, you're incorrect. I believe Thunderhawks also transport dreadnoughts. Oh, as, I was I was saying specifically in this book, I, I know. specifically I was, out I of your joking. Imperium One Codex. You're <laughs> yeah. right. Oh, you're right. Thunderhawks do deliver right. land raiders. You're you're it's correct. Touche, yeah. touche. But but anyways, um, moving on to uh, Sternguard. I saw an interesting list at the Boise Cup GT. Uh, Thomas helped me out. I'm sure you saw it too. Uh, it was uh, six Sternguard with Gilliman and the Sternguard each had two heavy weapons each uh, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. were all on foot. Um, he obviously, I forgot who was running that list, but he obviously did very well with that list. Uh, I believe it was. Yeah, he did. 10. He was in the top 10, I think. Yeah. He made, he went four and one, which is good. Uh, that, what do you think about that? Um, so I didn't have the opportunity to play against him, but we talked, you know, while we were there and kind of list theory and stuff like that. And I think the real secret sauce to his list succeeding um, was two points. One he was able to take advantage of, of you like if you the list that I ran when I went I went four and one with um, I had I had um, two uh, Laz predators right and so the the predator has a lot harder time taking advantage of cover than than an infantry model does for the most part um, so that's like there's a, there's a, there's there's an advantage to that they, they each have their own advantage and disadvantage. But the advantages that he used in that list were one that he could use terrain to his advantage quite quite often, you know, especially the uh, hey I can walk through a wall and this this uh, predator can't. Um, and then the other one that he took advantage of was he did bring like you've talked about a mixed list, like kind of a, almost an imperial soup list where he had the conscripts and the commissar and stuff like that, so that nobody could get into close combat with with those guys and and keep them from shooting. Right. Which I think is really, I mean, in, in terms of like, there's a part of me that's kind of like, okay, hey, I'm a pure Space Marine player. I like, I'm like, uh, like cringing, cringeworthy a little bit to be like, I'm going to have to bring guard to be competitive kind of thought. But then on the other hand, I think about it, I'm like, well, I'm already bringing Calexus Assassins to be competitive. Um, so where do you kind of where it, 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 personal choices to where you draw the line? Um, and if there was a way to bring, I mean, in, in, in theory, that's, much closer to the fluff of the of the story anyway that you know space marines are going to work with imperial guard and stuff like that it's not always a pure space marine force etc cetera, etc cetera. um and that's and that's really powerful like it's really strong for cheap you know cheap bodies and stuff to basically just kind of be your um screening units right right now, but what um, did you think about Sternguard in specific for heavy weapon? I, um, I didn't get to I didn't get to talk to him enough. I, it, here's my thought: um, points efficiency. It's not very points efficient no. because you are 
I mean, why, 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 why do that when you could just take a devastator, devastator squad, right? I mean, it's 13 points instead of, instead of it being, what is it? A first turn guard model is like 16 points base. And then you have to pay for his gun. I think. Yeah. They're like 20. I think um, they come up to like 21 points. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it might be 19, but still like 19 versus 19 or 21, either way versus 13. There's you're, you're losing your points efficiency there for their little gun uh, 16 points base for a stern guard, and then their special issue bolter is, is three probably points. It's three, point. three yeah, points. It's like 19 points. 19. So. Nin- 19 versus 13. And the special the special issue bolt. Don't don't get me wrong. I like that special issue bolt gun that they've got there. I think that's really. I think that's cool. I think there's a list. There's somewhere. There's 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 something there to play with. And I think it's fun, but I don't think that it's points efficient. No. Um, the devastator a devastator marine the same the same squad you're paying six points less per model and you get the signum yes i don't know i don't know what how i I don't know what it was that he really felt like those special issue bolt guns were were you know somehow they were enough of a reason to bring you know you get an attack right i guess but it's still i don't know no no here's here's the funny thing uh tyrannic war veterans uh, I was playing them against Reese. This was a while ago, so this was back when uh, I was a little fledgling to Eighth Edition, and Reese was kind of showing me the ropes. Um, he'd obviously had a lot more experience playing Eighth Edition than me. Um, he absolutely destroyed me with Tyranid lists. Like Tyranids were the bane of my existence back then. Um, he just he was he was really focused on getting a good Tyranid list, um, and I was just focused on uh-huh. playing the game. So <laughs> I, I put yeah right. So it was he he was just demolished. I still remember the first time. Gene Steelers charged and we turned one and nearly tabled me. They killed everything but my Rhino and my Dreadnought. Brutal. Yeah, and then the Broodlord went toe-to-toe with my Dreadnought, and I got really lucky, um, and I had one wound left, and then the Broodlord just charged it next turn because I left combat, and I couldn't do anything else, and the Broodlord just charged me and killed me next turn. Um, oh, no. But, but, the, but the Tyrannic War Veterans. But So so the next game we played, I, I brought Tyrannic War Veterans because I wanted to try them out. Uh, they're actually really good at killing like really really good at killing tyranids they're they're just by themselves uh the the reason why i like them is because they're minimum four instead of five um so they're a little cheaper in that regard uh if you bring them with gilliman obviously it gives them reroll to hit and to wound versus everything but my tyranid war veterans were like were like putting multiple wounds on like the swarm lord on molochs on everything they they were just because they reroll to hit into wound versus tyranids um, and they're cheap, so I just posted like six units of them throughout the board and just kind of hid them in train and like off of things away from everything. And they were just de- demolishing things. They were just like, okay, we all have to shoot at this Moloch. It's dead now. Poof. It's just the reroll to hit into wound. Uh, I know it's only versus Tyranids. I know. I know that's. I, I get that. I get that. But they were just. They were so powerful. They were such a force. The reroll to wound on a strength four gun with the minus two is just really good. It's gold. Well, the very, that's and right there. That might be exactly what right. he was that he was looking for. He was saying, "Hey, right. you know, I'm getting you know one shot, and it's 30 inch range, so I'm rapid fire at 15 inches instead. That's really powerful in terms of in terms of uh, uh, just having. Um, it, uh, sorry, lost my train of thought for half a second. It's really powerful in terms of having. Uh, extra wounds and extra buff and and then you know in 15 inches you're getting two shots instead of one shot yep. then all, you know anybody who actually got close enough to you you know that's that's I, I could i could see that i could see in that in that place um 
Yep. Now at six points more expensive, that's how you know that's almost half of Marine at thirteen points instead. I don't I don't know and I don't know if that's the most points efficient list. No, but I haven't but I haven't tried it out, so I'm not going to knock it, right? I'm not going to knock it. Yeah, but but now here's the thing. I I think Tyranid Core veterans. I think you should always take them over Sternguard, um, because I feel like Sternguard are only good with Gilliman. Uh, uh, maybe with reroll the wound rolls with like a Primaris, ancient or Primaris lieutenant. Um, but I feel right. like Sternguard are only really good when they reroll their wound rolls. Period, um, because they're wounding so many things on fives. Uh, but when you start rerolling, uh, you start getting more damage on things. Um, so I feel like the you should only use them with Gilliman. And if you're going to use Gilliman, you might as well you know run. You're going to run Ultramarine, so you might as well go switch to Tyranicor veterans. Uh, go yeah, lower nine. the squad minimum to four instead of five. Uh, and they have the added bonus of being dependent from him when you play Tyranids. Yeah, yeah, so. that, that's those are. That, I mean, I think you have solid points there. I do think that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what I want, what I want, what I wish, and I want is that there were still, uh, there's, there's still, and maybe when Codex start dropping or whatever, we'll see something that kind of like makes the Stern Guard shine a little bit more, so that you're kind of like, well, I think I want to bring these a little bit more. But you know, the guy went four and one, so yeah, clearly, he clearly he's something we might be missing. Right. Clearly, he's doing some work, and, and maybe and maybe it is. Maybe it's that reroll bubble or the reroll to wound bubble, right? Or you know, reroll ones at least with you know with the primary lieutenant, like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, I think I don't have a lot to say about terminators. Um, they're better, <laughs> but they're but they're still not good enough. They, they've got they're, so they're, much they're, better. They're, they're terrible. They're, they're terrible. They're, they're so bad. If you were to if you were to give me these terminators last edition. I would have, I would be like oh my god they're amazing like are you telling me I can deep okay. strike with this perfectly deep strike with this unit that 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 can that does you know I guess they'd have the power they have two they have two, wounds. they have two wounds yeah their their storm bolters are shooting four shots each they're cheaper you know the perfect deep strike they can charge the turn they deep strike are, are you kidding me these things are insane right um, so for the last edition they were amazing yeah but but in this edition it's like everything can do it better everything you know so terminators There's, unfortunately yeah they're, they're in the same boat um if you need a durable you know a, a durable deep striking unit that that just absolutely takes an objective and kills the thing on it turn three um because i think you do need reserve manipulation uh you bring your Calexus assassins i'm a big fan of calidus assassins um vindicare mm -hmm. uh, uh the reason why um uh the vindicare assassins are really good is because they can deep strike quote unquote um, Terminators, jump pack, jump pack marines, all of those things—they're all really good because you can control when they come on. Uh, so you, need, right. you get them when you need them, and they're—they're they're there, and they're guaranteed. There's no deep strike mishaps. They're just—they're there when you need them, um, and they can start doing things right away. Uh, so that's huge. That's always—that's deep striking in this game is—is is a boon to every single codex, and you should be looking into ways to do it. Um, so, right. having said that. Terminators are probably some of the worst deep strike. Thunderhammer Terminators <laughs> are probably the worst deep striking unit in the Space Marine Codex. Oh, they're so index. bad. Um, they're they're pretty durable. I agree. They're they're really hard to kill. They're super expensive. No, I, I think that they're easy to kill too. Like I mean, the problem is is that yeah. the, the two wounds right like against a Bolter right they're great sure sure but as soon as you but as soon as you have anything that swings at them that has two wounds. I mean, sorry, that causes more than one damage. All of a sudden, they go they go way down, and and, and they're just well, well, my, and everyone's gonna just 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say with my problem is they actually, Thunderhammer Terminators actually got worse um, because AP4 and 7th edition, Thunderhammer Terminators just laugh at it. Like, oh, okay, we still have, we still sure, get our yeah. two-up save against AP4. Like, no big deal. But in this edition where they replaced most of the weapons that were AP4 and 7th edition with rend with AP negative one, now yeah. all of a sudden, like, every... Oh, the majority of the weapons that couldn't hurt you before, like like uh, heavy stubber or heavy bolters, heavy flamers, right? Shuriken cannons that didn't roll sixes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now they're all like, oh, haha, bring it on now, Terminator! I'm make, giving you a three-up save, and now it's just like there's there are ten marines, right? At that point. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, and well, they're ten marines that cost fifty-three points a, a point a pop, right? Like right. they're just so expensive, and they don't they don't kill things. They don't really like you get into combat with them, and if you don't have a chaplain there to help him out, you know, or, or, or let's even go straight further and say, you bring Pedro Cantor with him, which is one of the few ways I can think of, like, maybe that makes them worth it. They are God awful, yes. right? Like you're getting two attacks. You're getting two attacks that you hit on fours with. So you're only getting 50%. And if the other guy has some sort of invulnerable save, you didn't do anything. Yep. All right. So, and then finally Vanguard veterans, uh, Vanguard veterans are uh, Reese loves them. I'm I'm neutral, um, but he's kind of swayed me over a little bit today uh, because Vanguard veterans they essentially get three attacks uh, with a plasma pistol, uh, you know, for a point sufficient. I think ten of them cost two hundred and fifty points, uh, and you can deep strike them down. That's it's not much more you can ask from a unit. That's I mean that that could be pretty good. To I mean, well, I think I, yeah, I mean. The the thing is is when they when they have because they have three attacks because they have two attacks base plus their chainsword right uh, and then, yeah for and sure then you give them a plasma pistol uh, and then you drop ten of them down around a captain uh, and then you overcharge the plasma pistol that's ten strength eight shots into something right it's ten strength eight plasma shots yeah. into something it's probably gonna die uh, and then you charge something um, and I think like using them with an HQ like Shrike who lets them reroll their charge rolls uh, which is yeah. really good but even with your command dice, your command stratagem, the, the one that lets you re-roll a single die, even then that makes them better, right? So you can just charge, like, a brimstones or, or some some small little weak unit that you can pick on, charge that unit, and then just put 15 attacks that are hitting on threes, re-rolling ones, into them. Like, it's not bad. It's not, and then they that's, can leave you know, that's combat. A, that's a pretty fair argument. Yeah, and they can leave combat and shoot again. Or they can shoot I in can't, combat. Right. I have... Um... I can, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I can't. I can't. It's one of those situations where, like, on paper they don't look so good. You describe a situation where maybe they're pretty. They're, they're pretty. They could be pretty strong. I mean, it's one of those things where I would have to say, "Hey, I can't knock it till I try it," yes. or "I can't knock it till I get my butt kicked by it," kind of thing. Yeah. Um. They are still. They're. They are less expensive than they were last edition. Um. But they are not bad. Um. I think. I think there's something to be said for maybe not ten. I feel like ten is too many. But I think there's something to be said for like a squad of seven at 200 points with like a power axe or two thrown in there um, just for a little bit of extra oomph when they charge uh, and then seven plasma shots. I, I'd like to do the math to see what, how, what things plasma can kill. Cause if I can drop down, kill a rhino and then charge another unit and kill that unit for under 200 points, deep striking perfectly anywhere I want, I'm taking that every single game. Um, but I have yeah, to find I mean, that right could... math, that math balance. Yeah. It, you, yeah, it would have to. It would. It would have to be pretty good. I mean, you. you it's not. You, you say two hundred points, but what, you. You definitely have to pay more than that because you got to bring that character with them. Mm -hmm. 
well, you know, that a character, yeah. that character is going to be the thing that, that turns them from kind of like a, Hey, I spent 200 points on this and you know, one, one in three games, it does really good work to kind of, it's reliable every game, but then you're not talking about 200 points. You're talking about like strikes 170 points, I think. So you're talking about 300 or 370 points. Now strike, of course, could charge charge into another unit as well and do some and do a lot of work and he's gotten a lot better but at the same time you're like hey did i just put this 170 point guy on the table out here by himself and he's got such a powerful reroll bubble and his ability to cause jump pack marines to reroll their charges begs the question hey should i do it with one squad of seven guys or you know one squad of 10 guys why am i not spending more points to bring more models with this and then at that point you start looking at it and I'm like, ah, I just don't know if I think that this army is really worth it. Yes. Because I don't think an, an entire army of jump pack Marines right now, uh, at least vanilla jump pack Marines is viable. And now if we're talking about blood angels, that's another, that's a different story. That's but, a whole other yeah. different thing. All right. So speaking of jump pack Marines, so we'll go move on to the fast attack choices. Um, mm -hmm. what the, there's actually, there's, it's, a, there's not a lot of fast attack options in the space ring codex. Um, I'm just going to be very brief and blunt. Uh, I don't like bikes. I think bikes are okay. Um, they have their place, but I'm, I'm not a big fan of the attack bike or the regular bike. Um, and especially not the attack bike. I feel like the attack bike has gotten a lot worse, even though he, he got 10 points more expensive, um, but you have a minus one to shoot your heavy weapon when you move. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not 100% sold on on honestly without a character like without a character that that uh is a biker character that gives you rerolls uh full rerolls i don't know that i think a biker list is really that great um maybe there's something with Gimen where you're like hey i brought Gimen and he gets to move eight inches or maybe i don't even care about a shooting attack so several turns i'll just i'll just advance him so that he stays in range of a bunch of these units and then you have a mobile bike army that kind of goes at somebody and you've got your your attack bikes, um, you get your attack bikes in that situation shooting their heavy weapons, and they're within six inches of of, of Gimen to get the reroll reroll. That could be good, um, but I think that there's just more better point sufficient ways to do that. And honestly, honestly, the list in my mind it, that is that is a, a biker list is bringing Samile. You're you're gonna play Dark Angels. You're not gonna play Vanilla Marines. Yeah. And that gets that gets entirely different because then all of a sudden you're talking like, well, why would I not bring Black Knights with their plasma? Why would I not bring a Dark Shroud? You know, so it's totally it's totally a different different kind of list. If we're speaking purely Vanilla Marines, I'm not a fan either. Like I don't I don't see those biker units being that great. I mean, I agree. they all have two. They all have two wounds. Thomas five, two wounds, right? And the and the attack bike has like four wounds, so that's pretty cool. But I'm just like, it's it's tough for me to be like, hey, for the points that I'm paying for this, am I getting? What am I getting, and what am I losing, right? And so ultimately, I can't 100% say that I've played it because I haven't. What I've done is I've I've theory hammered it, and that's what we're doing a lot of here, right? So there's and, and I think that because the edition is so new that, uh, you know, take all of our opinions with a grain of salt, take everything that we're saying with a Hey, a lot of these things we have not tried. We've only played a limited number of games. There have only been a limited number of tournaments where we can get data from where we can see that consistently X, Y or Z thing works. 
So maybe there's a list out there that we're just going to be like, well, we were wrong. <laughs> you know, we were wrong. But when you look at it on paper and you, and you kind of theory craft out what you've got so far, I'm not sold on them. Yeah, I agree. Um, land speeders were something that, that was actually a perfect example of what you talked about. Uh, when I first found land speeders, I thought they looked amazing on paper, right? Because uh, a squadron, right. three of them, moves 20 inches, two heavy flamers each. They have six heavy flamer shots. They move 20 inches. They charge something, keep it distracted. They have fly. They can leave another 20 inches, burn something else. They're, they're amazing. Um, on paper, they just look great. Like, I just love them. Um, but I played maybe seven or eight games with them before I realized that they're just, they're not durable. Um, they're 300, it's a hundred and I think five points for, for a land speeder with two heavy flamers or it's, it's in that Ugh. barely a hundred over a hundred points range. Um, so when yeah. you get a squadron of three of them, it's 300 points. And it's like, now you're only paying 300 points for six heavy flamers. That's not really, that's not really, you know, that's not good at all. Um, uh, and then if you break them down into a squad of each, like why would you? Why would you take? If you're going to take three, you might as well take them in one squadron so that at least they move 20 inches. Um, but they're just—they're not. Unfortunately, they're just a little too expensive for how weak they are. Right, and I mean you can't guarantee—you can't guarantee like a reroll. If you—if you—if you could be like, hey, I can always—I can always have Vulcan right next to him. Vulcan, a stand right next to him. Right. Hey, right. maybe again. But then again, what we're talking about there is how do you get? How did Vulcan get there? I had to pay for Vulcan. There, that this ruins their twenty-inch range kind of thing. Yeah, and the only reason, the only one, because I think with because they have, they suffer the same problem as everything else when they move, they have a minus one to hit with their heavy weapons, which yep. is why I gravitated towards uh, the uh, flamers. Um, but the only real HQ that benefits their heavy flamers is the lieutenant. Because he gives them reroll to hit rolls of one, or reroll to wound rolls of one, but mm -hmm. there's no way, period, and anything, uh, you can get the lieutenant to follow them. And oh yeah, lieutenant's like, totally, totally out of there. Can't drop hot him. Can't deep strike him. Can't put him in a land raider. Can't put him in a thunderhawk. Can't put him in anything. Like there's no way for you to get the lieutenant to follow the land speeders at all. So there's just there's no real there's no real way to buff them. I guess is what I'm saying. N um, right. And now I put them, I put the, the land speeder, I ran the land speeder and I put it, I gave it the typhoon and the heavy bolter. And I had the kind of the same feeling that you were having where it's a minus one. You, a lot of the efficiency of the land speeder and the idea behind the land speeder is this idea that it, Hey, this thing can kind of move out on its own, go to a flank, maybe deep strike or you know, old, old style, like seventh edition, it could deep strike or whatever. You know, it was an independent thing that could kind of like make up for some, some that you know, sometimes Space Marines kind of lack a Space Marine gunline army, especially, but a lot of like non jump pack Space Marines lack mobility. And the land speeder was a cheap way to kind of like get some of that mobility back. And I just don't see it fitting in that same role. Um, maybe there's a way to, to bring it back, but I, I haven't found it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, for now, I think you, I think maybe shelving the land speeder, a uh, land speeder storm might be kind of cool with the scouts being able to shoot out of it. Uh, now, yeah, scout... bring it with a salt cannon, and, and 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 instead of instead of it being a hey, I'm I'm going up with this thing, it's it's an option because it's the only option that Space Marines currently have for an open top vehicle. So, hey, I put my I put my my guys inside this thing, and it kind of sits still, and shoots. And, you know, 
you, you put a heavy weapon in on those guys. You don't have to worry about giving them cloaks at that point. Um, you're not going to give the, the sergeant a special weapon. So you're like, hey, here's my four bolter guys and a heavy bolter. I put in a land speeder storm. I give a land speeder storm a bolter as well, a heavy bolter as well, or I give it a, an assault cannon or whatever. And, and hey, maybe that could be playable. Like I've been thinking about that. I haven't put it on the table. People out there, you gotta. What you, what you need to do is you email Pablo and tell him, hey, that Thomas guy's <laughs> full of crap. That's terrible. And then he Pablo can tell me, and and you know I'll know. But anyhow, yeah, that was my thought on that. Yeah. Uh, one now I, I did leave the uh, scout bike squad for last intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I really really want to like the scout bike squad. Uh, just because just they're cheaper bikes. So on one hand, like okay, okay thirty-one points for a bike, uh, space marine right. bike, right? But the scout bikes are twenty-five points, um, and they do the same thing the the regular bike does, uh, but they're just they're cheaper. Um, and then when you right. put them in cover, they they essentially have like a three-up save, um, and the three-up save on bikes isn't anything to write home about anyways anymore. Um, no. So I just I feel like spamming scout bikes or running a bunch of scout bikes might be better i don't know i i, I want to play around with scout bikes and i also like the idea of the stardy's grenade launcher um even yeah it does not, work yeah it's but it's 11 points to upgrade a bike so so that at that point they're jumping up to 36 points a model which is it's like hmm, is, is we're worrying about it? our points yeah we're, right. we're back to the, the the points efficiency which goes back to the how how do you make it more points efficient you bring re-rolls for them which goes back to well there's no like cons a captain or you can put a captain on a bike but then you're only getting re-roll ones and I'm sorry about that, guys. The audio actually cut off right there, right when we were about to talk about bikes and attack bikes. But that's okay. Part two, we're going to cover the rest of the fast attack battlefield roles, as well as all of the Space Marine heavy support options, Lords of War, the named characters, and then Dark Angels, Space Wolves, and Blood Angels will also be covered as well. We'll probably go over and Death Watch and Grey Knights. Um, there's a lot to cover in the Imperium 1 book. It's crazy. Uh, so what we'll probably do is we'll probably end up covering the heavy support options, um, which finishes the space, uh, covering the heavy support options, the named characters, and the rest of the fast attack choices, uh, which fi- finishes the vanilla Space Marine side. Um, and then for the Dark Angels, Blood Angels, Grey Knights, Space Wolves, and Death Watch, we'll probably just go over each faction individually within the podcast and just talk about it holistically instead of going in there unit by unit. Because um, that, that would essentially be a whole nother podcast. You could probably do a whole nother podcast for every single one of those factions. Um, so we're going to make it brief and make it more of a holistic index review. And look forward to this review sometime in the middle of the week. So outside of the normally scheduled chapter tactics, uh, probably Wednesday. Probably Wednesday or Thursday, uh, depending on when Thomas can record. But... Thank you very much for listening, guys, and for putting up for on almost a two-hour-long episode. Uh, hopefully, we can get you guys more great Space Marine content. And then, of course, continue tuning into Chapter Tactics every Saturday and or Sunday. Uh, probably Sunday, actually. I think we're going to move that to the new release date. Um, but continue to tune in there and send me those emails. You guys are the best. Have a good one.